More and more jurisdictions are passing laws requiring employers to provide paid leave to employees, and the COVID-19 pandemic has only accelerated this trend. When new laws are enacted, employers need to assess the impact on their existing policies. Welcome to HRpreneur, a podcast by ADP. This is Jim Duffy. Today, we'll talk about paid leave with Merrill Gutterman. Merrill works as counsel here at ADP. Merrill, thanks again for joining me. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me today. So, Merrill, there are currently more than 30 jurisdictions, including 14 states, that have enacted laws requiring employers to provide paid sick leave to employees. What do these laws typically address? Right. So these laws typically grant employees paid time off when they're sick or when they're tending to a family member who may be sick. Um, Specifically, they address things like whether the leave is paid or unpaid, um, the circumstances under which an employee can take leave, how much time they can carry over from year to year, how the leave accrues, um, and how much time they can actually take each year. So what types of absences are typically covered by paid sick leave laws? Well, that varies by jurisdiction, but generally the laws cover absences for the employees or a family member's mental or physical illness um, for medical diagnosis or for preventative care. And many also cover absences related to seeking assistance following a domestic violence incident or sexual assault or stalking. And then some cover other types of absences as well. So it's important that employers check the applicable law um, so they can see the details on what type of leave is covered and also see how that law defines family member, which is important to figuring out coverage as well. All right. So if an employee misses work due to COVID-19, would this be covered under paid sick leave laws? Well, at the beginning of the pandemic, we we did see a number of jurisdictions pass emergency leave laws that would allow employees to take time off for certain COVID-19 related reasons. Some of these emergency rules have expired, but there are others that do remain in effect and are going to stay in effect throughout the duration of the public health emergency. And now we still continue to see legislative activity on this front. Um, California, for instance, passed a law uh, recently on March 19th, 2021, requiring employers with more than 25 employees to provide COVID-19 supplemental paid sick leave. And that law applies retroactively to January 1st, 2021, and it's going to remain in effect through September 30th, 2021. And then we've also seen jurisdictions amend their existing paid sick leave laws to specifically account for those pandemic-related absences. And in many cases, paid sick leave laws that were enacted prior to the pandemic may already cover situations that relate to COVID-19 as well. Um, And then on top of that, even in the absence of a requirement to provide paid leave to employees for COVID-related reasons, we're seeing that many employers are doing so because they want to encourage that sick workers stay home and, and they want to help prevent the spread of illness. So Merrill, now that vaccines are becoming more available, uh, do employers have to provide employees with time off to get the vaccine? That's a great question, and we're getting it a lot. Um, So in New York, uh, New York recently passed a law that actually requires employers to provide paid leave for employees to go get a COVID-19 vaccine. Um, And that California law that I just mentioned that requires COVID-19 supplemental leave, it also requires employers to provide employees with leave for going to get a COVID-19 vaccine. And this includes time off to receive the vaccine as well as to take time off if the employee is having 
symptoms from the vaccine, like side effects that may be preventing them from being able to work at that moment. So there's those state kind of laws to think about. And then also, um, effective April 1st, 2020, you may remember the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, or the FFCRA, took effect. And that law required certain employers to provide COVID-19 paid leave. And it also established tax credits for employers that provided that leave. And now, while the leave requirements of the law actually expired on December 31st of last year, the tax credit portion of the law was extended and is still in effect through September 30th, 2021, if an employer were to voluntarily offer leave under the FFCRA. Um, and the law was also recently amended to add new reasons why employees can take leave. Um, and also allow for employers who provide it to get that tax credit. And these new reasons include time off to get vaccinated or to recover from any side effects, um, and also for time off to wait for a test that might diagnose COVID-19. I also just want to mention as an aside that if you do require your employees to get vaccinated, then you would generally be required to pay them for the time that they're spending to meet your requirement. How much leave must be provided? So the amount of leave employees are entitled to accrue and use is going to differ among jurisdictions. Um, most laws leverage an accrual formula of one hour sick leave for every um, 30 hours worked or a certain number of hours worked, for example. Um, and then there are some that allow employers to place caps on the number of hours an employee may accrue or use in a year. Also, in some but not all jurisdictions, employers can use what is known as the front-loading method for providing sick leave to employees. And under the front-loading method, employees receive all of their leave that they're entitled to at the beginning of the year, rather than accruing it on a per-hour worked basis. So what happens if employees don't use all their sick leave by the end of the year? Uh, does an employer have to carry over the unused sick leave to the following year? Well, these laws generally allow employees to carry over unused sick leave to the following year, but many of the laws have a cap on the number of hours that employees can actually carry over. And if you're using that front-loading method, some jurisdictions don't require employers to carry over that unused leave to the following year. So make sure that you're checking the sick leave law that applies to your business um, for specific rules on front-loading. So, Mero, what if an employer is subject to both a state and a local sick leave law? Which one applies? Well, in that case, the employer is going to need to coordinate compliance with the provisions of both the laws. And generally, when laws conflict, the rule that's most generous to the employee is the rule that's going to apply. So, employers need to review the differences of each of the laws and provide their employees with the greatest protections that's offered under each provision, you know, depending on the law. All right. Um, if an employer is subject to a new paid sick leave requirement, but they already provide PTO to their employees, can they keep their current PTO policy or would they have to have to provide an additional amount of time off? That's another question we get a lot. Um, under many of the paid sick leave laws, if you already have a PTO policy, then you generally don't have to provide additional paid sick days to your employees as long as certain conditions are met. So what does that mean? Your, your PTO policy at a minimum has to allow employees to use the same amount of leave for the same purposes and under the same conditions that the sick leave law provides for. 
Um, and your PTO policy would also need to satisfy the accrual, the carryover, and the use requirements of the sick leave law that applies to your business. So, again, make sure you're checking the law and comparing it to your policy to make sure that it's meeting all those requirements. So what's the difference between a paid sick leave policy and a PTO policy? Um, essentially, a paid sick leave policy is a, is a standalone policy that offers time off for illness and other certain situations. And a PTO policy bundles various types of leave. So under a PTO policy, you could have vacation, sick, and personal leave all in a single bank that your employees can use for any purpose. Um, instead of having separate policies for vacation, sick, and other types of leave, many employers choose to offer a PTO policy that employees can use. So, for example, if you offer 14 days of a PTO policy per year, then you could have an employee who would use, let's say, 10 days for vacation, another three days when they get sick later in the year, and the remaining time off to care for a child if their school were closed, for example. Um, other employees may choose to use the time differently to meet their specific needs and circumstances. So, Merrill, is paid vacation required? Um, so, no. Under federal, state, local law, um, paid vacation not, is not required. Um, but there are some jurisdictions that have enacted laws that require employers to provide paid leave that employees can use for any purpose, um, and that would be including vacation. Um, for example, in Maine, they passed a law where um, employers with 10 employees, um, with more than 10 employees, have to provide paid time off that their employees can use for any reason, and of course, one of those reasons could be vacation. Um, in Nevada, they have a similar law that applies to employers with 50 or more employees. And, and either way, whether there's a, a requirement or not, vacation does remain one of the most common employee benefits that employers provide, um, providing paid vacation, developing a culture that encourages employees to use their time and take time off. Um, it goes a long way to help attracting and retaining talent and increasing productivity, um, you know, particularly during COVID and during these unprecedented times. Absolutely. Uh, can an employer adopt a use-it-or-lose-it vacation policy? Well, that's also going to depend on the jurisdiction. Um, there are some states, including California, for example, that explicitly prohibit use-it-or-lose-it policies. And when I say use-it-or-lose-it policies, these are policies that force employees to forfeit accrued unused vacation or PTO if they don't use it. Um, in these cases, employers have to generally allow their employees to carry over accrued but unused vacation from year to year or pay employees for the unused time at the end of the year. And if that's the case, employers can usually place a reasonable cap on accruals where you can say that some employees have to use some of their time in order to earn any additional time. Um, and also in these states, employers are required to pay out that accrued unused vacation at, if the employee were to separate from the company. Um, then there are other states that would allow use it or lose it policies, but only if the employer has a written policy that explicitly states that it won't carry over accrued unused vacation to the following year and it won't pay employees for accrued unused time at separation, but you need to have that written policy saying that. And then the last section of, of states, um, they don't require employers to carry over accrued unused vacation to the following year or to pay employees 
spring use time as separation unless they have a policy that says otherwise. So three different ways you can go on how states tackle use it or lose it vacation policies. Very helpful. Um, what are some advantages and disadvantages of having a PTO policy instead of, say, uh, a standalone paid sick leave policy or vacation policy? I think PTO policies give workers more flexibility uh, to use their leave to fit their needs. Um, if you're an employer and you have employees in multiple jurisdictions that have different paid sick leave requirements, if you have one PTO policy, it can be a better option for you um, because using that single policy and the single you know, amount of leave um, can help you meet the requirements of, of all of your sick leave um, laws, as long as you're making sure that that PTO policy is offering um, the most generous amount of paid sick leave, so it's complying with the most generous paid sick leave law. Another advantage of a PTO policy is that it can ease the administrative burden of tracking precisely how the leave was used. Um, that said, you still need to familiarize yourself with obligations under applicable paid sick leave laws because many of those laws do have specific record-keeping requirements. Um, but there are things you have to keep in mind if you decide to go the PTO route. And one of the big differences is what would happen to pay out a termination. So if you have a standalone paid sick leave policy, those laws generally don't require employers to pay out unused sick leave at the time of termination. But in some states like California, there's a requirement that any unused paid time off or vacation must be paid out at termination. So if you're in a state like California and you're bundling all your leaves, including sick leaves, into a single PTO policy, then you'd be required to pay out any accrued unused leave, and that would include that sick leave in that PTO bundle um, if the employee were to separate from your company. Thank you, Meryl. This is very helpful. So when it comes to paid leave, there's a lot for employers to consider. Uh, they really need to determine which requirements apply to their business and make sure their vacation, sick leave, COVID-19 leave, and PTO policies comply with all applicable rules. Uh, thank you very much for sharing those insights with us. And I'd like to thank everyone for listening to HRpreneur. Thanks again, be well.